So, Matt, what do you get when you cross a snowman and a vampire? <laughs> I don't know. Frostbite. <laughs> uh huh. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All righty, Matt, how are you? I'm good. It's good. Ra- it's raining again. Yeah, I know. It's always raining. <laughs> it's like we live in Seattle or something, and, or a rainforest. It, it's the it's the Tennessee rainforest here. It's just <laughs> yes. continuously raining. So I've just got done throwing some groceries down my neck. Thanks to this week's sponsor, Hello Fresh. So thank you, Hello Fresh, and we'll talk about you a little bit more in a bit. But this week, we wanted to let you know we'll be dark. Next week, yeah. we we kind of failed to mention that in some of the other episodes, and then y'all are left hanging, and we apologize for that. Yeah. So we wanted to go ahead and say, look, we'll be dark next week, but you know we're we're working on some good stuff for you after that. So go check out some of the other shows that we have promoted or some of our friend shows, something like that. But this week we're going to do the show slightly different because. I think Matt got me sick. Yeah, we're going to do it in Mandarin Chinese. Right. So. <laughs> um, Matt has been practicing Mandarin all week. Um, now, and I've been sick and all this other stuff, so Matt has done the bulk of the heavy lifting on this episode. So Matt is going to actually teach me some stuff that I don't know, along with teach you guys. So Matt, let's get into it. What are you teaching us tonight? Okay, tonight we're going back overseas Across the pond to the UK to talk about, and, and I feel like I say this about all these places, but this place legitimately holds up to the moniker of one of the most haunted places in the UK. It, it does. We're From- going to be talking about the ancient Ram Inn. Yeah. And man, the, the little <laughs> bit that I know about this that, you know, because like I said, I didn't dive into it, but the little bit I know about this, it's freaky. And it's it's old, it's freaky, and it's been freaking people out for a long time. I know, and you know this place. You're right; it's old, and that that's a that's an understatement, <laughs> right? I mean, this is one of the oldest places that we've ever talked about, and I mean just just the history alone is is fascinating. But then when you start adding in the level of paranormal activity that goes on there mm-hmm. it just it adds a whole new depth to this place right you know i and when we when we brought this up i thought uh it's another another haunted place you know we're gonna have a few stories some experience uh, i had no idea <laughs> i mean there there is so much going on at this building that it is it's almost absurd yeah I mean, so so let's kind of get into it. For those of you that don't know, uh, the ancient Ram Inn sits in Wanton Under Edge, which is a market town within the Stroud district of Gloucestershire, England. Now, I, I practiced saying Gloucestershire 
<laughs> all the way here because <laughs> I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this word I'm gonna say it wrong every time. But it, I, it, it would Gloucestershire. Come That's how you say it. Uh, the way we would normally say it is Gloucestershire. <laughs> <laughs> Are you from Gloucestershire? <laughs> yeah. That's how Tennessee boys would say it. Um, but the ancient Ram Inn was actually built in 1145. Mm. I mean, that, th- think about that. 1145. It's I mean, just, and to still be standing. No kidding. And, you know, you look at the pictures of it, it doesn't look half bad. No, not not for a building that's, you know, almost a thousand <laughs> years old. Yeah. Oh, man. I was like, you know, this place, you know, I was like, my house is nowhere near. <laughs> no. Like, God dang, stuff's falling apart. Right. They don't make them <laughs> they, like they, they used to. They don't make them like they used to. Um, but it it is it is the oldest building in Wanton Under Edge by no surprise. Um, and, and included among its various uh, historical artifacts, it has the oldest wooden window frame in Britain. I don't really know how you know that, but that's there, what they say. There's a window frame expert. He goes around and <laughs> he cuts little pieces off. Well, and I'm, does. I'm sure there is. There's somebody that has studied this and knows, oh, they didn't make this kind of window until mm-hmm. this date and all this. Yeah. It predates that. I mean, you know, but it also. How do you had- become a window expert, though? You know what? <laughs> What makes you choose? I'm going to really get into windows. What path in life <laughs> said, you know what? I like him windows. I think I'm going to look at them windows a lot. <laughs> this uh, this window right here. Is <laughs> That's a Mike fancy window right there. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. You so. can expect more of this, the old show. <laughs> I imagine so. Because I'm the color we commentary. about other places in the UK. Why are we doing this now? I don't know. <laughs> I think because I'm the color commentary this episode, so. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. I mean, you know, my you know my Cockney accent isn't that great at all. <laughs> so, not only does it have the oldest window, it has the earliest surviving board for the game Nine Men's Morris. Now, I had to look this up because I'd never heard of it, but it's, to my opinion, it's it's a cross between Checkers and Othello. So you're you're you move pieces around and you know, it, but you look at the, that game dates back to the Roman Empire. Oh wow! And and it appears in a carved, uh, it's carved into a stone ingle nook. Which, guess what? I had to look up that, too. Uh, an eagle nook is the space on either side of a fireplace. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Adam's going, mm-hmm, like he knew that already. I got to sound like I do. <laughs> and that, that board dates back to 1540. You know. Wow. And, and, you know, so you're, you're not really playing Monopoly at that point. No. <laughs> you know, this is an old, old game. The game of life is just life at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So much of the town of Wanton was actually destroyed by fire during the reign of King John, but the ancient Ram Inn survived, and it would later house the craftsmen and the slave laborers that were involved in the construction of the 13th century church of St. Mary the Virgin in the rebuilt center of Wanton. Now, the building would stand there for centuries and and would eventually be converted into an inn. Now, we're going to fast forward through hundreds of years to 1930 
when it was purchased by Maurice DeBath. And since he bought it, uh, it's changed hands uh, several times. It, it served as a pub, um, but um, but would would eventually um, wind up just slipping into ruin. So the building had had not aged well, and it hadn't been cared for like a building of that age would need to be cared for, and it had earned a reputation for hauntings and strange activity, even though there, there really weren't a lot of historical documents with accounts of hauntings or ghosts or anything like that. It just kind of had a lot of rumors associated with it. Which that could be just from people not wanting to put that stigma on that old house. You know, sure. it, it could be just like the a sign of the times, you yeah. know, where people didn't like now we're more open to saying that. Right. Exactly. And, you know, when you look at the building, you go, Dad gum, that's a cool building. Mm-hmm. I bet it's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you just look, you just look at it and go, oh, I bet there's a ghost in there. Yeah. Or, or one or seven. Um, so in 1965, it had gotten to the point where the the inn was losing customers. You know, the wooden wooden beams had fallen prey to an infestation of Death Watch beetles. And while the, the dry stone walling was was crumbling around it. Now, here's a here's a fun fact. The Death Watch beetle is a wood boring insect. So kind of like a termite. Sure. But the males attract mates by making a tapping or clicking sound, which can sometimes be heard. In the rafters of old building. Oh. So, you know, you, you go in. We, we've we talked about this old old buildings, and this is a very old building, make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. They, they creak and, and, you know, they, they move and the foundation settles and, and things like that. Um, and now you got beetles that make noise inside the wood. Yeah, so, so it's not something you would see if you didn't realize what right. that was. You're walking around hearing this clicking and tapping all around. You, you might think, oh, that's paranormal activity. Yep. But it, this is not mistaken for what's going on. At the right. I mean, it's way more obvious than that. Right. <laughs> um, the, the building was actually listed for demolition as a part of a council plan to widen the road. But it was saved when John Humphreys, who was a former train driver, Purchased the property from the Whitbread Brewery. Say that three times fast. Whitbread Brewery. The Whitbread Brewery. I think I did better the first time than I did the sixth time. (laughs) He purchased it in 1968 uh, for 2,600 pounds. So, you know, that's I don't don't know if that's a bargain uh, in 1968 or not, but you're buying a building that's almost 1,000 years old. So Yeah, I mean, maybe if you look into it at, historical value that could be a bargain for a historical site. Sure. But as far as a building, it doesn't sound like repair, a lot of money. No. I mean, it, no. it really doesn't. And, but it, it, like you had said, it apparently needs a lot of repair at this point. Oh yeah. So it needed a ton. And, and Humphreys had a devil of a time, you know, <laughs> not to, not to be uh, facetious, no but, pun intended, but getting this place, you know, repaired and, and livable. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it took it took a lot. Ejecting the Beatles. Yeah, getting them Beatles out of there. You know, John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Time to go. <laughs> so, um, you know, like I said, the building was essentially derelict when Humphreys took it over. Um, it had no running water, and it doesn't to this day. That's a deal breaker for me. You know, right, it, right. It didn't have running water. Yeah, but we're we're sissy city boys. So. Yeah, that's true. So, um, Humphreys claims that he experienced ghost activity the very first night he spent in the Ram. That sounds a, a lot like some other really haunted oh, yeah. places. They don't wait. They're not no, like, no, no. we're going to let you get comfortable, and then we're going to screw with you. They, well, they're like, hey, you're in my area. Let's screw with you. And and as I was researching this, I, I, I started to wonder. It, I mean, it was, I mean, for all practical purposes, was abandoned mm-hmm. when Humphreys bought it. And seeing as how there's not a whole lot of information about any reports of hauntings prior to that, like I said, just rumors and speculation, that while it was sitting in this condition, if the spirits just didn't take over, you know, there was no interference, you know, by outside entities other than maybe a few caretakers that ensured there wasn't, you know, people just, you know, squatting, you know, just taking up residence in in an empty building. Um, so, I mean, there was, there was no, no other energy was going in and out of there, leaving that, that spiritual energy to just grow. Right. And it, 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 one of the things I heard and it, you know, I may be stepping on some information you have a little bit later, but one of the things I'd heard is that locals in that area would cross the street. Yes. So you didn't even have, you know, to walk by it. They didn't want to walk directly in front of it. So as far as energy goes, you wouldn't even have the accidental person that might feed into that paranormal energy or that could experience something because they just said, screw it. I'm going to the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, and like I said, if you look at the picture and you immediately kind of feel that, mm-hmm. like, if there's going to be a ghost in a building in this town, it's in here. Right. You know, when you just look at it, it has that feel to it. And, you know, based on that, people, people thought that too. I mean, mm-hmm. whether they had heard or believed the rumors, they weren't going to take any chances. I mean, sure. they even walked on the other side of the street. Sure. You know, they didn't really even want to get close to it. Um, but the 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 very first night that, that John Humphrey spent, he says he was pulled out of bed by his legs by an unseen force. I mean, come on. And you stayed? Night one. Yeah. I mean, the first time, <laughs> I was like... Yeah, I'm out. I just, I yeah, mean, I'm right. not staying here. You know, that that would be enough to just go up. But I'm just going to eat this loss. Yeah, I only spent 2,600 pounds. I'll go, right. I'll go I'm live going somewhere elsewhere. else. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and do all this work to this place and then have to live with something yanking me out of bed. That's Ungrateful terrible. ghosts. <laughs> but the building's poor condition, the lack of water, and hauntings made it virtually unlivable for Humphrey's family. Um, but John wouldn't leave. He refused to leave, and that caused tension that would eventually lead to the end of his marriage, the loss of money, and strained relationship with his children. Because he, I, I'm going to stay in this haunted freaking house. Yeah. You know? So, um, according to Humphreys, now the the history of the property stretches way back before 1140 A.D.
So, hey guys, we want to tell you about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. That's right. And HelloFresh does all of the meal planning, the shopping, the prepping, and everything so you can focus on a healthier you and a happier family. You can get seasonal, simple recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door every week. You can enjoy fun menu features with HelloFresh's dinner to lunch, 20-minute meals, gourmet, and one-pot wonders and more. Make family dinners fuss-free with HelloFresh's picky eater, kid-tested, and approved family plan recipes. Now, we had the Shake It Up pork cutlets, Mm -hmm. and they were delicious. And more importantly, my kids loved it and, and asked for more which is unusual, but it breaks us away from the typical chicken nuggets and fries meal. Right, and it's great when kids actually love eating it and they love doing it uh, with you, making the meals, prepping it, all that. It's great. Yeah, that's right. You get this really cool recipe card with pictures and instructions the kids can follow it. Mm -hmm. It, It's not just a family meal. It's a family event. Yeah, big activity, and it's a bonding experience and everything. It's great. And Graveyard listeners can actually experience this and get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. All you've got to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash Graveyard80 and enter the code Graveyard80. That's G-R-A-V-E-Y-A-R-D-8-0. Yeah, that's like receiving eight meals for free. You just go to HelloFresh.com slash Graveyard80 and enter the code Graveyard80. He's looking at sometime around 3000 BC, um, which, you know, he he doesn't do a really good job. I mean, Humphreys was kind of a character. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was as much a part of the ancient Ram Inn as the spirits that were there. Right. You know, meeting him, taking the tour, that was kind of part of the deal. He was an know? eccentric guy. Yeah. I mean, he's got to be. He's, he, he's living in in a house that's my, something yanked him out of bed the very first night he was there. So, you know, you know he's got to be a little off, you know, to to want to, you know, pursue all this. Right. Which brings me to a question, just something. Uh, do you think that, you know, we, we talk about attachments and spirits being able to change you know, you as a person or mentally, emotionally, whatever, because of an attachment to you, do you think the reason that he stayed when the rest of his family bailed could be because of an attachment that he had that they they were like, we're going to make this guy stay. You know, no, we're going to be. force him to feel something for this house and and have a deep emotional connection to this house but we're going to run off everybody else. Yeah, I mean it's it's very possible. And but like I said, you know, he 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 was a very eccentric gentleman and um I I watched several interviews that paranormal investigators had done with him. I mean, he's he's a very pleasant man. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't seem weird or creepy or anything like that. I love he's, his hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sees something else. I mean, if you if you had to imagine a picture of an old English gentleman, um this is him, mm-hmm. you know, just, just the average run of the mill, you know, English guy, 
it's him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's not, he's not dapper. He's just a regular guy. Um, but, but he, he is, he is quite a character and, and he's, but he's very easy to talk to and, you know, he's very welcoming to guests there. Um, you know, I even, I even read, a, a an article where when you came to take the tour, you just paid him what you could, mm-hmm. what you wanted. And, the, you know, oftentimes, you know, he, he would give a tour and, you know, folks would not give him anything. Right. You know, so he obviously wasn't in this for the money. Sure. Yeah. It wasn't a, a, what some people say, well, he was faking it because he wanted to make the money. Well, yeah. if he's not taking money from people or he's saying, hey, <laughs> yeah, if what? you got five bucks, give me five bucks. It's fine. You yeah. know, it, it's obviously not that. Yeah. I mean, for the, you know, it, it, certainly not for the attention. I mm-hmm. mean, if, if I'm going to get the attention by you know, scamming all these people, I'm going to make some money out of it too. So. Right. But he didn't, but because of this, you know, this, you know, this eccentric nature that he had, he made a lot of claims about the property in the end that he didn't have a lot of information to back up. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, his claim was that the, the property dated back to, you know, around 3000 BC. And, and he claimed that, there was a pagan burial ground that had existed there prior to the building actually being built. Um, there's a wooden post in the building that John claimed had dated back to but dated back 7,000 years Jeez. Um, to a time when that location hosted regular rituals involving human sacrifice. Now, if that's not some bad juju, I don't know what is. Yeah. No kidding. Know. And, uh, so he's saying that that post could have been involved with yes. the sacrifice, like that, that. That's exactly what tied he's to the post and then killed. Yeah. Oh wow. And then later used in the construction of the inn. Yeah, that that'll screw some stuff up. Oh, yes. It's like, hey, let's put this cursed wood in this building. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens. Well, it's that you talk about the energy that can be soaked up into wood and stone, and if you've got a post that has been involved in ritual killings it's not only soaked with that energy but with blood that's too. right <laughs> exactly what i was thinking it soaked up a lot more than energy oh geez so um it, it's not it's not just the history that contributes to the haunted activity at the ancient ram so the inn is built on potter's pond which is kind of a marshy area and it's got streams that that flow out of it and the streams that crossed the ends land had to be diverted in order to lay the foundation for the church of St. Mary. Now, some people speculate that redirecting that water flow caused an opening of a portal for dark energy. So I, I don't really know how that works, but I, I do know that flowing water is, is, a common theme when we're talking about a haunted location yep. because of the ability for it to work like a battery mm-hmm. and, and provide, you know, energy for spiritual activity. Right. The generation of that energy. But yeah, and, and I, I don't I know don't, about moving the, the flow of it or anything like that, but yeah, I mean, I, it's possible. Theoretically, maybe if the water was covering something, and when it was diverted, it opened, you know, and this is all just kind of out there thinking, but if it was diverted and then it opened up an area of ground yeah. 
that could have been more susceptible to something like that. Yeah. Maybe. I, I was kind of wondering if maybe they didn't redirect the the water away from the church and it actually ran closer to the end. And so the, there was flowing water much closer oh, to the end yeah. than there was previously. Maybe so, yeah. And that's kind of how what they're thinking. Added a little not more sure. electricity to it. I'm not sure, but um, the land where the inn is built is on the intersection of two ley lines. Now, you've heard Adam and I mention ley lines before. Um, if you if you take a map and you trace the ley lines, they travel directly through the center of Stonehenge to the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, you know, e- even though there's a lot of theories about what Stonehenge is or was or what it was used for, um, there's, there's a lot of, of strange energy that emanates from that area. Right. You know, almost to the point that, you know, Stonehenge could have been a, a beacon or, you know, a portal or something nobody really knows it's been there so long a spiritual center for some people exactly but now we've got this line of energy that flows directly from Sten- Stonehenge into the ancient ram um so now like i said according to legend Stonehenge has the energy which travels through the ley lines that feed the paranormal power in the ancient ram now furthermore an ancient pa- uh, the ancient pagan burial ground that's reported to have been at the location was it's estimated it, it could date back five to seven thousand years. So I mean we're we're talking about back around the time when Stonehenge was possibly erected. Right. And there uh So there there could be more of a connection to Stonehenge than just the ley line. Exactly. And the and the Stonehenge itself, they have been finding bodies buried in Stonehenge. So there is a possibility, like you just said, that the there could be a connection between the bodies buried at Stonehenge, the bodies buried at the Ram Inn site, and maybe other sites around there that we haven't discovered yet, but definitely could be a tunnel of sort, you know, a paranormal tunnel, an energy tunnel, you know, especially right. traveling down that ley line. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, ley lines are... They, they do exist. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not speculation. They do exist, and they do give off a strange type energy. That's a scientific fact. But when we look around the world and we look at other iconic locations, the pyramids are built on the same intersecting lines on the map. You know, so where they cross, you know, seems to be, you know, it intensifies the energy. Right. You know, and so... You know, the, the Ram Inn is built on an intersection of ley lines. The pyramid are built on an intersection of ley lines. So it, it would seem that the ancients knew something that we possibly do not. Yeah. And, you know, that that, that putting these places there, not, not necessarily that the inn was built on the ley lines, but if there was a pagan burial ground there, you know, that that would indicate that there was some type of activity related to needing to be at that intersection. Right. And perhaps there was something special or specific about the bodies that were buried at that burial ground. Right. You know, they were either um, leaders of a religious group or, you know, even the opposite. They could have been the outcast, the, the bad you know, bad magic people or whatever, 
but there was a reason that those bodies were put there. And it's not like there were thousands of them because they're not still digging up, you know, by the dozens today. So right. it wasn't like the whole village was buried there. Right. And when you look at the pyramids, I mean, that's what they are essentially are giant tombs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's interesting that it's not just structures being built. It's bodies being buried, mm-hmm. you know, along these ley lines and specifically at these intersections. So um, when you hear about the stuff that's going on there, you may think, Oh God, there's something to this ley line thing. Um, but there was a lot of, of strange findings after Humphreys, you know, took over the inn and, and moved in. So over the years, you know, the Humphrey Humphreys found a lot of demonic artifacts and, and strange things inside the building. Now, not long after moving in, the family noticed the strange activity and it didn't take them long before they found a goat's hoof lodged behind a brick in the chimney. Oh, wow. Now, see, again, when you, when you find something like that, it was put there with purpose. Absolutely. I mean, nobody's just going, oh, well, I got this goat hoof. I need to fill around. a spot in yeah. the, the I mean, thing. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't decoration. They didn't know it was there. It was behind the brick. So it was put there with an idea. And I can't think of any legitimate reason why anybody would do such a thing other than you know, it was ceremonial or ritualistic. Yep, because goats and lambs and stuff were used in ceremonies for centuries. Exactly, exactly. So um, they also found other tributes to the devil, such as mummified animals, daggers that looked like they had been used, and jars full of strange objects and liquids, one of which had the resemblance to a human finger. Yes. Again, did he smell any of them? <laughs> yeah, it's a human finger. <laughs> yep, yep. tastes like a finger to me. You know, with everything up to this point, and and we're not even scratching the surface yet. I'm already thinking. Yeah, I'm out. I'm not yeah, staying right. there. And if I find a human remains, I'm way out. Yeah, I'm like no, I'm. In fact, if, they, if I got yanked out of bed, I would have never stayed around long enough to find all that stuff. Right. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so we, we talked about the pagan burial ground. Now, now, when he dug this area up, he found children's bones in the dozens, okay, and, and multiple uh, silver daggers. So, so I you, mean, you know what that means. <laughs> you know— and here's the thing, you think, oh, you know, daggers, you know, they were silver daggers. You don't, you don't make a functional tool out of silver, especially yeah. at this time. You're not you going to go out fighting a battle with a silver dagger. Exactly. I mean, even the ancients had, you know, other metals to use that worked better, you know, that were harder and stronger that they could hone an edge. And because of what we know about the properties of silver, it you know weapons or 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 even just you know knives and, and ceremonial pieces were made of silver because of those those properties mm-hmm. that it carries you know and, and and silver is is a very unique metal so to have these daggers made of silver buried with these bones it does look very ritualistic and that's what led John to believe that he was looking at a pagan burial ground yep so he believed that this spot was directly related to ritualistic child sacrifice. 
That's bad juju. Yeah, man. that's. I mean, it gets it gets worse. So enthusiasts have visited, and even just sifting their hands through the soil, have pulled up shards of bone. Mm. Now they stop digging because they yeah. were afraid of what else they would find. Hell yeah, I you would know, too. They found this much. You know, it, it's kind of to the point of if I keep going, what else am I going to find? Yeah, ignorance so, is bliss. Yeah, at this let's point. just. Let's just stop. Now, in the kitchen, diviners found the mouth of an old well underneath the floorboards. Now, it was speculated that the well was used to dispose of the bodies of murder victims. Oh, Lord. Now, the area around the well was a site of regular disturbances until John constructed a cross to place over the mouth of the well, and the disturbances abruptly stopped. Hmm. So, um, you know, he, 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 he was an eccentric character, but he wasn't stupid either. Right. <laughs> you know, right. He's, he's starting to see, oh, there's something, there's something here. And, you know, I, I better invoke some higher power if I'm going to continue to stay. Yeah. He at least kind of has the, the idea of how to protect himself in that situation. And and because of the well being more of a pit, um, and, and because of the activity, a lot of folks speculated that this is another one of these portal portal to hell type situations. Right. You know, like Bobby Mackey's well. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's a strange. I mean, it was covered up by the building. You know, so it wasn't in use, and and the one at Bobby Mackey's was down in the basement in the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, and it it wasn't used; it was just a drain off for blood. And right. this one was used as a disposal for bodies. You know, so there there seems you, to well, be let's dump some more negative energy in this hole. Yeah, there there <laughs> seems to be a connection to holes, caves, wells that travel deep in the earth that hold some type of negative energy or that we have imbued with negative energy for millennia. And, you know, it kind of makes you think, could this be part of the hell mythos and the hell legends and stuff? Or, you know, is it because of what we've done to caves, holes, wells that has caused this? Or was it what was there was causing us to do that yeah. or, you know, it, it, which way do you go with that? But they seem to tie in together. Yeah. I, I, and I think sometimes that, that whole moniker of portal to hell is, is just, it's, it's just an indicator of this goes deep into the earth where, where bad stuff dwells. Right. Or where, where bad stuff can, you know, find, find the energy to wreak havoc on the, right. the ground above. Right. So. To grow in power. Yeah. Yeah, so so let's talk a, a little bit about some of the activity that the family experienced after moving in, you know, in the late 60s. So the activity reportedly became so bad that John's daughter, Caroline, refused to stay in the inn. And this is, as a child, she slept in a camper outside or, or you know, as Brits call it, a, a caravan. Yeah, you know, I, I, for for us in the states, we we would call that thing a camper. I don't blame her. Actually. No, I don't blame her at all either. Um, now she recounts a story where she woke up to see a chest of drawers hovering above her, and it would eventually wind up flying down the stairs and crashing to the floor below. Now, 
I'm, I'm not, I'm not just going to pick up a chest of drawers myself. And, you know, I'm even with help, I'm certainly not going to lift one up to where I can hold it over somebody and then no. fling it down the stairs. No, you and I together couldn't do that. Nope. So something had enough power to do it. Um, and, and she reports that it, it was while she was living in, in the camper, it was commonplace to see people just running out, often jumping <laughs> out of first floor windows to escape. At least it wasn't second floor window. That's right. <laughs> He just said that, and I just smacked the mic. <laughs> yeah. so that's what the boing-oing-oing-oing-oing-oing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's scaring me. You know? <laughs> yeah, so um, she also tells of hearing the screams of murdered children coming from one of the bedrooms. Oh, happy. Yeah. yeah, so here we are with the kids. Adam's favorite thing. It always comes back to kids. Well, okay, so if if we look at this, I mean, and we've talked about this um you know, with, with other shows, you know, we, we've talked about why, why the children thing seems more creepy than an adult ghost. And, you know, if it's bad enough to imagine, you know, a human sacrifice of an adult, but when you think about the sacrifice of an innocent child, Mm -hmm. it just makes it that much worse. Mm -hmm. And so the emotion that would surround such a thing, you know, would, at least in my mind, would would bond it to where it happened, whether sure. it's it's the land or the building or whatever, and the confusion of the child not knowing what's going on it, it, exactly where it is. Yeah. So Caroline says that she eventually filled that room with toys, and the screaming didn't stop, but it became much less frequent. And so Humphreys himself claimed to be the victim of demonic sexual assault by a succubus on several occasions. Now, these attacks were so bad that John wouldn't go anywhere in the house without carrying a Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, again, if I'm living in a house that I'm so scared to be in that I don't walk through it without carrying a Bible... I'm out. Something's wrong. Yeah, I'm. (laughs) I'm not doing that. I got to fight off a succubus, you know, on a routine basis. Yeah, no, that's (laughs) your house needs to be a place where you feel comfortable. Yeah, where where you feel safe when you go to bed. Not like I'm going to get attacked. Probably one night this week, I'm going to (laughs) get attacked by something, and you know that that's not cool. Yes, no, it's not cool at all. Um. Now, one ghost investigator who visited the house was frightened when a presence pushed them up against, uh, pushed them up against their back, and he felt the wooden beams of this house vibrate and tremble when he grabbed onto them out of fear, almost like what he described as they were they felt electrified. Oh wow! You know, so again, you know, we, we were we're talking about one of the, one of the beams in there dated back seven thousand years according to to Humphreys. And, you know, we talked about the energy that could be stored in something like that for that length of time, you know, especially if it was used in, in ritualistic sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, to to grab onto something and actually that energy be palpable. Yeah. That's just amazing to me. Yeah, that, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, and, you know, the inn has become, you know, a hotbed for paranormal investigations. Oh yeah. You know, they just, they just flock in there. And like we said, Humphrey did give tours, but I mean, he, he allowed investigative teams to come in there and, and spend the night and, and, 
and do, you know, ghost hunts for lack of a better word, or just, you know, coming in to seek evidence or just, just experience it for themselves. Right. I mean, you know, they, they went in there just hoping, you know, I mean, you can imagine there's, there's a lot of amateur paranormal investigators out there. Can you imagine a place that like this, where you could go and legitimately have a chance I would love for us to, to be able to do something. that. something. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and this place, they are not shy. No. The, I, yeah. I, they, they don't, they, they don't shy away from recording equipment. No. Uh, or cameras or anything else. Now there have been documented cases where, um, camera equipment did malfunction in certain parts of, of the building or, or on the property. I know that there was one account where uh, an investigative team was there, and the camera wouldn't work in the barn. The the guy would go in, his camera would malfunction, he'd come out, it would be working fine. He'd go back in, camera would malfunction again, come out, it'd be working okay. Um, so there are situations like this, but there's plenty of photographic footage of everything from orbs to faces to mists. Yeah, there was one I was watching um, last night, I think it was, that it was an amateur uh, investigation group from that area and they were in there and they had that, uh, the ovulus with the dictionary mode on oh, it. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. normally you go through, if you've had any experience with the ovulus, uh, it, it's pretty quiet most of the time and you might get words here or there. This thing was full sentences as they were sitting there and it, it, it they had to tell it, look, can you stop? Can you slow down? We can't, keep up with you, please stop and slow down. And it stopped for a second. They started to ask another question and it came back just talking. And it was, you know, a lot of words that words and sentences that made sense to that area, those people, it was incredible how much audio activity. It was almost like the ghost went, holy cow, I can communicate. Let's just... (laughs) Verbal, they can hear me. Right, verbal diarrhea. And and it was just going on. It was crazy. Yeah, and on that note, writer Darren Sarsfield and a fellow member of the investigative team Manchester Paranormal, Ian Langren, spent the night in the ancient ram and took an ovulus four with them. Now, they took a small group of individuals, um, about six or seven folks, and while they were during during the investigation, while they were there, one of the group members reported that she allegedly, when they were uh, when they were in the pagan burial ground, allegedly she began to feel just a, a general sense of uneasiness. You know, not sick per se, but not good. And when they were done, they noticed a staple-sized scratch on the back of her neck. And she said, you know, she hadn't bumped up against anything or rubbed against anything. Right. So... One of the th- one of the places that that Humphrey says is the most haunted is the the bishop's room, and so the Manchester Paranormal guys went to the bishop's room with the Ovulus Four, and as Adam said, that's it's a spirit box type device, which instead of using audio uses typewritten. It has a dictionary, and it uses it converts the energy to words. I prefer those over the spirit box radio thing. Right, right, yeah. It, it's a it's a little bit it, it it's a little bit. Um, Easier to 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 get that information from because you know when you hear a spirit box you can't always understand right you know what there's what what is being said and the white noise drives me nuts from oh yeah yeah um but 
they they noted the words Egypt, flowers, rabbit, and bike were displayed on the box. Now, one of the group members commented that these words seemed random and weren't actually communication. But when they said this, the word observe appeared on the device. So thinking perhaps it was intending for them to observe the room, they found a sculpture of an Egyptian pharaoh's head next to a bouquet of plastic flowers and a small rabbit toy. Wow. Okay. When they asked Humphreys if he had ever owned a bike, he took them to the area at the bottom of the staircase, which was covered by a curtain that housed a vintage motorbike. Wow. So a lot of people can say, well, that's just a coincidence. Man, that's one hell of a coincidence if that's the case. You know, for the, the all four words to, mm-hmm. to come out of this thing, to be referencing three items that were in the room and one item that was actually on the property. Yeah. I mean, you know, and no, they're generic words, except maybe for Egypt. But what are the chances that they would have had all of that right there in that same room? Yeah. I mean, it's astronomical. Well, and like you and I were talking to uh, the guys from Paranormal Road that after a while, you've got to say, well, this isn't really a coincidence anymore. You know, when it seems too poignant Mm -hmm. or when it happens too often, it's not a coincidence anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a big believer in coincidences anyway. Right. You know, things kind of happen for a reason. Exactly. And so for something to be this spot on, you got to think something was trying to communicate to them. If not just to say there's something here. Right. You're you're not here for no reason. Right. You know, there's actually something here. It wasn't a big revelation. Right. But it was something to let you know that they are intelligent. Yeah. They're not just a recorded image of that energy that you're going to see. It's an intelligent being, an intelligent haunting that can say, I see this stuff. Now you see it too. Exactly. Now we said they weren't shy. And so there was uh, on the audio in a, in a video, this wasn't, it was a video recording. The audio in that video recording captured a mysterious child scream. And seconds afterwards, you can hear a man's voice shout, get out. So I, the, the dramatic pause right there. When when something tells me to get out, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. Right. That means it's done with me. Especially when it's <laughs> preceded by a scream of a child. Yes. Uh, I can't even imagine. No, it, but, it's no. But what I can't imagine is how excited a paranormal investigator would be to actually capture something like this. Yeah. No kidding. You know, and. and you know, you, you hear all the time about investigators that go to places and they're like, well, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Or we think maybe we heard this. No, I mean, this is, here you go. Yep. In here, your face. Here's, here's a little bit of evidence for you. Mm-hmm. Now, John Humphrey sadly passed away in December of 2017. Now, near the end of the end of his life, um, he, he had gotten a little bit weaker and sick and he'd, he'd actually broken his leg. And the family had hired caregivers to come into the home to help with the burden of take caring, uh, taking care of him. Now, they would come in to assist him three times a day. Um, the caregivers would report that they would hear objects and heavy furniture moving around. Their clothes would be tugged on and they would feel sudden cold drafts. Now, Caroline had installed 
like closed circuit video mm-hmm. in there so that she could monitor uh, John and the caregivers from outside. Um, and, and she even says she notices how the caregivers would react and they would get scared or they would see, she would see them running or leaving the house or something like that. But it got to the point where they, they couldn't get caregivers to come after dark. Right. You know, and so they actually had to make, get a special agreement and, and pay extra to have caregivers come in pairs so that no single caregiver had to go in there alone. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that. Can you imagine yeah. <laughs> having to go into a place like this to as part of your job, knowing the last time I was here, something yanked on my pants leg? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that and most of the time, you know, the caregivers or hospital staff or whatever, they, they're used to seeing paranormal stuff. They've experienced weird stuff like that. But to have them so freaked out that they're like, nah, dude. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not coming going back. here by myself. Yeah. That that's heavy activity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, they, the family had to pay for all that because they couldn't get people to go. Right. So we've talked about a lot of the activity that, that happened in the house, but let's, let's get into some of the more specific spirits that have been identified by investigative teams that have gone in. Now, Investigators speculate that there are as many as 20 individual entities occupying the inn. Good Lord. 20. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, you, you know, sometimes you'll hear places where like, well, there's there's one we can identify or maybe three we, or four. Yeah, we got three. 20. You know, yeah. 20. <laughs> that, that seems just insane to me. That's a full house. Now, most the most notable spirit is that of of a woman who was executed as a witch who took residency in the ram before she was burned at the stake during the late 16th century. Now, she hid out at the inn and was even burnt at the stake on the site of the property after she was captured. Mm. Now, her spirit is well known for physically harming all visitors by scratching or burning those who enter. Now, there's actually a room called the Witch's Room where this activity takes place. Now, she's been recorded, but when she's heard, she normally taunts those that are trying to investigate by laughing. She was recorded saying, I'm special on an old episode of Ghost Adventures. But if you listen very carefully, you will hear a distinct Southern English accent, Mm -hmm. you know. And on that that one that I watched where the the uh, box was going off like crazy, in another room, they heard the word witches come through three or four times, and there were two different instances where there was a laugh over yeah. one of the boxes. Yeah. And they even said, are you having fun? Uh, you having fun screwing with us or something like that? And they got a yes right afterward. Mm. Gives you some cold chills. Right. But there's there's a lot of other ghosts in the Ram that are worth um, worth paying attention to. One is a Roman centurion who was seen by a plumber while he was working on the site, and a young girl who was murdered here by one of the inn's more sinister former residents. Now, understand there there were there were slave workers, and and there were other you know paid workers that resided in the inn. Now, and you know we're we're talking about the 1100s. 
Mm-hmm. So while they were doing construction, you can imagine that work like this at that time um, probably involved some swarthy characters. Sure. You know, and, and I imagine a lot of, uh, you know, drinking and revelry, you know, at the end of the work day that probably led to a lot of disagreements, fights and murders and whatnot. So a lot um, of negative energy. Yeah. And, and one of them was is supposedly the innkeeper's daughter who was found hanging in the attic. Mm. So, yeah. Again, bad juju, juju. I told you it gets worse. Now, there is another entity there known as the High Priestess. And uh, folks that have seen her said she's she's a pretty scary sight. But a few people have reported being awoken by the sound of a woman chanting to look at the bottom of their bed and see a woman in white religious robes looking down on them, arms raised in the air, and chanting in some strange language. Now, along with the succubus that tormented Humphreys, as well as other guests, there is also supposedly a male incubus who is said to have shoved guests of the inn down onto their beds. Hmm. So you've got, you got a succubus and an incubus. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard some theories that they can, an incubus and a succubus can be the same entity, and, and yeah, move from I've, one to the I've other. Heard something but, like that too. But it it not a big like that's not widely accepted. You know, most of the time that is two separate entities, and you don't normally have them residing in the Together. same area. Yeah, you have you know they they're kind of two separate entities on that spectrum of you know weirdness there. Yeah, and they don't like to be in the same area. Yeah. But apparently there's there's some evidence that, you know, the the ancient Ram Inn has possibly both. There's enough spiritual room there, I guess. Yeah, why not? You know, hey, you know, every, everybody's here. So just come on, it's a party. Now, like I said earlier, Humphreys claimed that the bishop's room in the Ram is the most haunted, a most haunted room. Estimated to have over nine different ghosts within. So we talked about there's over 20 identified entities within the Ram Inn, but nine of them at least are all occupying this one room. Good grief. You know, so if you're willing to go into this place at all, then you might just want to steer clear of, you know, the epicenter of a lot of the activity in the Bishop's room. Or spend the night in there. Who cares, man? Now, Now, John refused to spend the night in the room. Probably smart. Yeah. And said he would always knock before entering for any reason. Now. That's good to do. We've talked about that before, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, at least be polite. Yeah. (laughs) Those who have entered have seen a hooded monk walking around in the room. They've seen an old man and his dog standing guard at the door and a woman hanging from the ceiling. Wow. Now, guests have noticed strange mists forming right in front of their eyes and heard giggles and screams of children from all around that area. Now, Humphrey stated that he would often walk past the door to the bishop's room and knock three times with a shepherd's crook calling out, is anyone there? And the door would often violently shake and bang in response. Jeez. And he he stayed. When do you have that anywhere? (laughs) We've never heard like that. That's not a common occurrence. Right. You know, right. I mean, just an, an absolute physical response to, you know, a, a question posed 
mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you know, that's why we said, you know, this place, it's just, I mean, there's there's more going on here than probably 90% of the haunted places that Adam and I talk about. Right. I'm surprised it's taken us this long to get to this topic. I know. But. I know. And, you know, a, a lot of other shows have, have discussed the ancient Ram Inn. We figured, you know, Adam and I would put our own spin on this. Um, but we were we were just amazed at, at the amount of... Uh, of activity that goes on here. Now, other visitors have witnessed the spirit of a young girl roaming the halls, and it is the thought that this is the spirit of a murdered murdered girl named Rosie. Now, a face has been reported, photographed, appearing in a grandfather clock that's located in the inn. Orbs, cold spots, and knocking from the attic is also very, very common and has been reported by virtually every investigative team that has dared to spend the night in the ancient Ram Inn. So, you know, this is one of those places where if you're an amateur paranormal investigator or hell, if you're a professional, this place should be on your list. If if you, if you want, if you want the chance to go and, and investigate a, a haunted location and actually come back with some type of experience or evidence. To me, this sounds like your best shot. Right. We, I mean, we talked about the, the South Pittsburgh hospital mm-hmm. here yep. and how people do that because they can almost guarantee that there will be evidence. This is not an almost guarantee. This is a, you show up, something's going to show up as well. Yeah. Now there, there have been, you know, there have been some teams that have gone there and said, this was a huge disappointment. We didn't really get anything. Um, but I would say of the, of the reports that, that I read 90% plus had some type of experience that changed their outlook on, on what they were doing. That's amazing numbers. Yeah. Amazing. So, you know, this is a place where, you know, like we said, there's there's tons and tons of history. There's there's brutal and cruel history. There's murder. There's the energy from, you know, the intersection of ley lines. It's it just seems like, you know, at least for the UK, this is an epicenter of paranormal activity. Yeah. Very much you know, so. So like I said at the beginning of the show, it, it shows that it it earns that moniker one of the most haunted places in the UK. And and possibly even the world. Yeah, if not the most in, in the UK. Yeah, because I, I don't know that we've researched a place that has that much activity that often. No. You no. know. It, it, we, we research stuff that goes through cycles of having that much energy, but we've never done anything that's just a continuous uh, continuous haunted activity no matter what night it is no matter who's there this is just crazy yeah yeah i mean you know so and like adam said there there are documentaries about this place there are tons of videos put out by paranormal investigators um where, where you can see firsthand you know what what they're experiencing and you know, not that I believe everything I see on a video from a paranormal investigator, but some of it is just, it's hard to shake off. It is. You know, so, uh, so Go. tell, you know, tell us, you know, hey, we, we know we've got some listeners in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, 
tell us, has any of, have any of you been there? You know, I'm, I'm sure you've probably, you know, heard of this place. Um, you know, it, it routinely would pop up on the news and in the papers and things like that. You know, if, if you've, if you talk to somebody that's been there, if you've been there yourself, let us know. We'd love to hear some of the stories and some of the experiences you've got um, from around there. So uh, absolutely, please. So, yeah. So, Adam, I hope you learned a little bit more than uh, than you knew about the ancient yep. Ram. <laughs> I know I certainly did. Yeah, there was a, a lot of stuff there that I didn't know. You know, and that it was it just really deepened the understanding of why that place is as active as it is. Yeah. And you know, Caroline, John Humphrey's daughter, um, she's been quoted as saying, I guess I just, this has been my home for over 50 years. I guess I'm just going to have to get used to the fact that I'm sharing it, Yeah, you know, with all these other spirits. Yep. So, um, we hope you enjoyed, uh, you know, our discussion about the, the ancient Ram Inn. you know, it's, it's quite an interesting place. Um, but, uh, we would, uh, we would like to thank our sponsor, uh, for this week's show, Hello Fresh. Um, and, Please go and uh, and visit them. Check them out. Let them know that the graveyard sent you over. Uh, and while you're doing that, you can just click over and visit our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can listen to the show. Uh, you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. You can actually find out a little bit more about Adam and myself. And you can become a patron. Uh, and we thank everyone that has, has donated... Uh, money to the show and and adam and i believe us we are putting it to good use to make the show better for you um you can find us on social media uh facebook instagram and twitter just search graveyard tales uh and please go and find us on itunes and leave us a review uh rate and review it's the easiest way for us to move up the charts and that it makes adam and i feel very good warm and fuzzy yeah but it most importantly it makes it easier for people to find us and it brings more people into the graveyard. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Mm-hmm.